Hello, exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new podcast about how we can better society. I'm your creator and co-host, Mariam Anton. And I'm co-host, Molly Quatrusi. And today, we're going to be wrapping up the first season of Change Today. (laughs) Um, So, Molly, I feel like there's no point in asking you, let's catch up, because this whole episode is going to be us catching up. Very true, very true. I'm just really excited that we are at this point. I can't believe that we really made it this far. I'm so excited. It's so weird because all the episodes that we've recorded so far, we've recorded prior to posting any of them. And this episode, we're recording after posting almost the entire season. Exactly. So it feels completely different now. It's just... It's, it, yeah, it feels like a real thing. And yeah. It's, it's still, I'm still processing it. It's but so crazy. We're almost done with a first season of our podcast. And That's, we've been working on it since June. Yeah. Of 2020. And now it's January of 2021. That's progress. I'd call that progress. Yeah. That is so crazy. I can't believe it. So today we don't really have a specific topic we're going to be talking about, just current events and where we're planning on going in the future with our podcast. We originally had a very specific topic that we wanted to discuss that we actually recorded (laughs) and realized that it was not the way we wanted it to go. We're just, it's a very in-depth topic, and I think the difference between that topic and our other topics is it's not one with a concrete definition. Yeah. And so it's just very complicated. Right. And it's not one that's, like, been in the media a lot. Exactly. Like, the other ones we've talked about, people have a good idea of it prior to hearing our episode, but this is one of those things that that's really not the case. Exactly. It's kind of just a result of the effects of everything else we've discussed, but in a very specific setting. Right. So we thought it would be better to start off our second season with that. Definitely. And then end this season with just, like, everything that we've already talked about, things that are happening right now, because things are (laughs) crazy right now. Things definitely are. (laughs) And me and Molly haven't seen each other since November. Yeah. And it's January. So we have a lot of stuff to catch up on as well. Yes. So where do you want to start? So let's start with how did you feel as the first few episodes were coming out and we were getting the numbers back as to how many people were listening, what locations, what is like the editing process, how all of that was like, how was it the first few episodes feel? The first few episodes. Okay. So honestly, I was only expecting to have like four or five listeners for like our first episodes I was just like nobody's heard of us we're just two college students we have a very small platform to share off of I was like it would be nice if we got like a couple listens but then we were getting like a hundred listens yeah we got like 50 on our first day yeah which was amazing I was so blown away by that because We'd been talking about it to, on our social media platforms, and we have a page specifically dedicated to the podcast, too. And it seemed like a few people were interested, but nothing outstanding. But that was really exciting. I was so happy to hear that, because that just means that 
people did hear about it. And it yeah. had been, even if it wasn't through that, they just found it and were interested. Right. And the fact that we had continued support. Exactly. The rest of the episodes was really great. Exactly. And something that was super interesting that we were both super surprised about is we have listeners from Canada, from Mexico, from the UK. Yeah. From Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. When we saw that, we were like, whoa. That felt surreal. I I didn't think we'd reach outside of Stone Hill College, never mind across the world. Same. That was so heartwarming. It was to see that people like care. Yeah, it made me feel a lot better about what we were doing. Cause even though obviously it's important to us, I was like, how are people going to receive this? Is anybody even go- going to care? Yeah. And it makes me feel really good that people do care. Okay. Now specifically, editing <laughs> and <laughs> the whole posting process how how are we feeling about that I'm gonna be honest I don't love it yeah but <laughs> it's okay the first episode I didn't have as many problems editing it was a lot faster of a process mm-hmm. for some reason than the other one but by this the second time I did it I was like okay I've already done this I already know how to use these functions so it'll be fine and then as I was editing it, the sound was off, the timing of the two tracks were completely off, one clip was six minutes longer than the other one, and I was I was so confused how that happened. Yeah. Because I, there's certain buttons you have to press, and you have to make sure when you're cutting things, both clips are highlighted. Mm-hmm. And I knew I did that. It, it still was ending up not lining up at all. So it had I had to blend some sentences together that weren't even originally in the same thought it was definitely an interesting process yeah editing is by far my least favorite part of all of this like so I thought the research was going to be the worst aspect but I literally love the research I have so much fun doing it and when I learn things that I didn't already know because going into these Probably because I'm a poli-sci major, maybe because I've, I've been interested in current events and, like, politics my whole life. Right. I know so much. And, like, race relations, I know so much about all those topics. So when I find those little snippets of things that are completely new to me and I get to, like, dive into that world, it's so exciting. Which is weird because in the beginning I was like, oh, I'm going to hate research and love editing. I hate editing. Yeah, I, I agree. I hate editing so much. It's my least favorite thing to do. I agree. It's just, I was honestly like stressed about the research part too, not for the same reason, but because I was thinking, what if we don't find enough information and then we're just talking and we have nothing left to say because we ran out of ideas, but that never ended up happening. In fact, a lot of times we ended up having too much information. A lot of times our episodes are an hour long and we (laughs) have to figure out a way to cut 20 minutes out. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Just like we did with our rape culture episodes that you just listened to. Yep. (laughs) We, it was the day before we had to post the episodes and we were like, we can't do this second part as one episode. (laughs) The recording was over an hour long and it was way too much for one episode and we had to just sit down and add like add audio post editing to make it sound like 
we meant to make two episodes. Exactly. It was a mess. But so, we yeah. had so much to say. And there was things that we didn't even say that yeah, needed to be said. Yeah, we could honestly probably go into a fourth or fifth episode alone on rape culture. Just yeah, we could do an entire season on rape culture because there's just so there's much so to much it. There's so much to it. It's so complex. Yeah. And we didn't really even talk about things that happen in the workplace. Exactly. Um, we didn't talk about elders and children. Right. So there's just a lot. It's a very, very big subject. And I think it would be interesting to take a few episodes in the second season and dedicate it to the other aspects of it. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Uh, and we really are hoping that for the second season, we'll be getting a lot of feedback from listeners, from you guys. Right. Um. The best way to do it, honestly, is through our Instagram, which is at Change Today Podcast. We are really active on it. We so are. We, we're always checking it. Posting is a little bit of a different story, but we're doing our best. <laughs> but yeah, it's absolutely the best way to reach us. If you have ideas, if you want to, like, if you want to hear a certain um, topic, a specific topic, yeah. If you have questions about a previous topic, anything like that. We are so down to hear from you guys. We really want this to be centered around the youth. Yes. And like what goes through your mind. Yes. We want it to be like a community. We don't want it to just be the two of us are talking and you guys are just left out of it. Yeah. Because we're doing this for everybody, not just ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So what was your favorite episode um, post-editing, like, just as it came out, like, what was your favorite one to That's a really difficult question. Yeah, it was I feel hard like for me. The f- so, I have a few different favorites, just for different reasons. I okay. feel like the easiest one for to digest when listening was the white privilege one. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I think that's just because we both knew a lot about it before recording it, mm-hmm. so it, that episode had it was more just us being able to explain all the implications of it. Right. We didn't really have a lot of learning to do. Mm. Whereas, like, I feel like in the other episodes, we were learning too. Yeah. But that episode, we're kind of experts on that topic. Experts in quotes, obviously. Yeah. But but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's That episode, I feel like, had the most real information. And it, it just came across as the most informed, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Like, I'm not trying to say we're not informed on all the other stuff, but... <laughs> it definitely was the easiest research. Yeah. But I feel like listening back to it, even though it was one that we knew the most about, did you feel like we were kind of awkward and yeah. the editing could have used a little bit more work? Like, it was it was very clear that that was our first episode. Right. And that's the thing is, I think we can re-record it in the future. That would be so cool. And see how much we've improved, how it's, yeah. how it'll be more natural. Because, yes, obviously that was our first one. We were still learning the ropes and everything. But in the future, we could make that episode even better. Yeah. I think that my favorite episode content-wise, though, is probably either the cultural appropriation one or either of the rape culture ones. Because cultural appropriation, I feel like even though it's a real thing, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like to hear about it, and it offends yeah. people, even though it shouldn't. But yeah. people get really mad when they're when cultural appropriation is even brought up. They're in denial of it, and I think that that's an important one to have out there because it's a very real thing, and 
people need to just learn how to be more receptive to it. Yeah, that one is definitely very controversial. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's my favorite one, I think, because it's one of our more, dare I say, daring ones. Just (laughs) because people people really are not receptive to it. So I think that it was was a kind of a big thing for us to do and a good topic for us to tackle. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a kind of, because I think we were also, we were trying to be like kind while recording it. But there's some moments where you just have to be like, this is wrong. Exactly. And even if you don't want to hear that it's wrong and that you're doing something wrong, this is wrong. Exactly. So I get what you mean by that. I think my favorites, I love the rape culture ones. Mm-hmm. And I love that it, we had that much information. But honestly, if I had to choose, it would be between the reverse racism one and the affirmative action one. Right. Those ones are really interesting, too. Yeah. The affirmative action one, I didn't realize how much information we had. Me neither. That was one of the ones I was really nervous about going into it. Yeah. And then we went on for so long. Like, the original cut was an hour long. Right. So we had a lot to say about that one. And I think out of all the ones that we've done, that was the most natural. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and the first racism one, Maya already knows this about me, but the first <laughs> racism is one of my absolute favorite topics to talk about since... I think sophomore year of high school, I've been talking yeah. about reverse racism. Um, I've actually given talks about it to like people right. outside of schools and stuff. Um, so that's definitely one of my, it just it, near to my heart. Right. It means a lot to you. It does. And I think that episode was obviously a very good one too. Yeah. It's hard to, it really is hard to pick a favorite because each one is so unique and important in its own mm-hmm. way. And once we've put in so much work, it's hard to, like, not like it. Exactly. I just, I love those two. Yeah. And they kind of go well together because... Yes. Reversism is something that is often brought up when talking about affirmative action. Exactly. I think that was good parallel there. Yeah, I feel like most of our episodes, it was good in that way, where one was a stepping stone almost to the other. Yeah. You start with the most simple concept because not simple in the way that it's easy to understand but it's really fundamental to each other subject absolutely white privilege you have to for sure understand that for everything else to make sense exactly if you don't acknowledge the power differences between you know minorities and then the and white people exactly it's so easy to deny that anything else exists. Exactly. But once you know, and you, like, the best thing about that episode is we kept it very, like, statistic-based. Exactly. We had so many numbers that it's, when you're just kind of talking about reverse racism, it's easy for someone to say, that doesn't exist, anyone can be racist. Exactly. Because it's very arbitrary. But when you have numbers, you're talking about privilege, it's very easy to see that it exists, and it's fundamental to everything else. Right. So I think the best thing we did for that episode was keep it so fact-based. Exactly. Because it it just makes it easier to digest, and it gives people a real understanding of it. It's not this arbitrary thing that just, like, you can ignore doesn't exist. Exactly. Here are the numbers. It just makes it easier. This is a real, very real thing. And it affects society in almost every aspect. Which Yeah. And I think I really liked that we did 
the rape culture ones at the end of the season. Me too. Because obviously we want to talk about social events. We want to be really, we want to talk about social issues. And race was one of the things that, race is what I'm studying. It's things that I'm really passionate about. But there's so many other things that we need to discuss. And I like that we kept that for the end and we focused you know, um, the majority of our season on race because that's what's like really important right now. But I'm looking forward to like broaching new topics next season too, like too. environmentals. That'll um, be really interesting. Women rights, like in general, things like that. And even other races. Exactly. I'm super excited about things like that. And maybe even going international, there's so many things I want to talk about, things that are happening in Europe, things that are happening in the Middle East. Exactly. There's like so many things that are so important. There really are. I think that, exactly, the way we kept a consistent theme for this season was really key. And I think that that's a good thing we should keep doing, is find, start with themes and just find other topics that intersect along the way. Right. And honestly, with race relations, that's really easy. Exactly. Everything is interconnected anyway. Exactly. It's just hard to know all of it, but it is all interconnected. Exactly. I was just about to say, every subject in society, any social issue, it's all intersectional. Everything is intersectional. But if you can't understand race in privilege, it's hard to understand the rest of these social issues and just Mm -hmm. how deep they really go. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've kind of officially wrapped up season one, we kind of wanted to dive into things that are happening right now. Yes. So today is January 8th. Um, we are eight days into 2021, Molly. Yes. How would you say it's going so far? I'd say it's fantastic. <laughs> Don't start every year with a terrorist attack on the Capitol, right? I mean, come on. America knows how to do it right. Exactly. Little little domestic terrorism. That's okay. <laughs> Super fun. Yep. 2020 started off better than this. So if this is a marker for how the rest of the year is going. Maybe this is the low point. Okay, we're going to work and our way up. We're going to work our way up. Can only hope. You know, t- 2020 was filled with so much negativity, and rightfully so. We really were exposed to just every- everything that's yeah. wrong. Just But hopefully that exposure is going to lead to people working to combat it now. Right. Which we can only hope is going to happen. Me and Molly are going to manifest a great 2021 for all of you. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah. So how did you how did you feel about the whole capital situation? So I wasn't surprised. Okay. Because. Just because of how everything else is handled. I was expect because Trump tweeted uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, before it happened. He was <laughs> like, just wait till January 6th. All my people are going to be showing up. You know, he said things yeah. like that. And I was like, I just knew that it wasn't going to be anything peaceful or right. something. And the fact that nobody was prepared wasn't by accident. Mm-hmm. So I just... I was not surprised, but I was disappointed, and the fact that it just proved everything that a lot of people have been fighting for, Yeah, it was more just, like, evidence 
that shows this is what America is. This is what's happening. Right. I was fully expecting for there to be no resistance outside the Capitol. But then I was also fully expecting for there to be brutal force inside. Like guards on top of guards on top of guards lined up inside making sure that nobody can actually get in. Oh. And the fact that they got in and then were taking selfies. I'm surprised you were cops. expecting that. I, I, I just thought that they would let it happen for show so they looked good. And then they would stop it before it got so bad so they still looked good. But they really, conservatives were really just like, no, we're okay with looking stupid. Thank you. Exactly. I'm, I, I'm sorry to say, but that was just so dumb it didn't on make your you part. Look good. Especially for, okay, so we all know what's going on with like cops right now yeah and everybody if you really wanted to prove to us that you are doing the right thing and fulfilling your duties as protecting us you would have stepped up and stopped these people from coming into the building which you're hired to do but you weren't there yeah and what does that say the pictures that were coming out like the day of and the day after were so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, a guy smoking a joint in the Capitol, another guy, like, in Nancy Pelosi's yes. desk with his feet on the table, like, writing, like, a threat on her desk. That, you guys. The guy wearing the hat. Have you not seen that picture? I don't think so. He's wearing, there's this guy wearing a hat. And I've seen him in, like, every single picture from this thing. And he's got the American flag painted on his face. Yeah. People looked, like, literally stupid. And this yeah. one woman that was, like, crying on the steps, like, they, I just got in the doors and they pushed me out. Ah, you're trespassing yes. on federal property. It's not okay. And there was this one guy who was like, they work for us. We can do this. They can't steal this from us. Like, do you people honestly believe? Okay, first of all, you people called Joe Biden Sleepy Joe, said he was mentally just not around or aware of anything you said this the entire time he's been campaigning and now all of a sudden he's capable of hacking an election makes sense you honestly the guy who you said has dementia and is mentally incapable of being president can overturn an election and stole it from you i don't know this doesn't add up to me it doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me numbers are not working there nope the whole situation is literally just so dumb. It is. Yeah, I I get that. And here's the thing, is that being Middle Eastern, I'm literally so used to being called a terrorist that I literally make jokes about it, like, on the daily. Right. So I, it's, like, it's not hurtful to me at this point. It's just funny. But the fact that it, if, 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 if it was even just, like, 15 people, it was just 15 Middle Eastern people that were that showed up, three of us would have died for sure. Exactly. And there would have been terrorist attack from the get-go. Exactly. That's the thing. So and, annoying. And like, kind of what I was talking about earlier. If this was a Black Lives Matter protest, right. the military and police were there in riot gear, yeah. ready to stop people before violence even ensued. I mean, you guys, you could, did not make it any more obvious to us what you're truly standing for. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Doesn't make any sense. Nope. And then, let's just talk about, in general, the whole Trump trying to overturn the election. 
Because that's obviously what started it all. Right. You can't declare that you won the day the votes come in before they're even counted. Exactly. And then before that election even starts, you can't be like, oh, if I lose, this is rigged. You can't say that. It's very clear that you're not confident yeah. at all. You, I'm sorry, you literally just look stupid. Yeah, just, I don't know why you expect to win an election. You can't just expect that. Like, my kids at summer camp behave better than that when they lose at games. Exactly. Imagine, <laughs> yeah, just imagine you're going to play, like, a, a basketball game. Say mm-hmm. you're playing a basketball game with your friends. Before it even starts, you're like, I'm going to win this basketball game. And if I don't, it's rigged. Exactly. And then you start blaming, like, the hoop for being uh, smaller than the, your <laughs> friend's hoop or something like that. Yeah. It's like, what? Does not make sense at all. <laughs> And then, okay, so I actually took the time to listen to the entire Georgia call. Oh, jeez. And I have to tell you, it gave me hives. <laughs> I'm sorry, he just repeated the same thing, like, 20 times. And there was something, like, there was this one thing that kept being bleeped out from the call. I think it was, like, the name of someone, but he was saying, like, oh, this person came in while all the guards were away, and they took all my ballots out, and they stuffed it with Joe ballots. And he was like... My team estimates there's 18,000 votes missing, and I only need 11,780. I'm like, sir, what? What? And Trump goes, there was like 5,000 people, dead people that voted. And this poor um, Secretary of State was just like, no, Mr. President, there was two people. There was two of them. We did the recount. There, there was only two. <laughs> and he's still on the other end being like, no, 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 no. These numbers are not right. He's even cutting off people that are from his team yeah. in the room with him. And it was so funny. Like, I know everyone is, like, in shock and everyone is, like, so mad about it. But I literally was just, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. No, I, honestly. It I was like, am I watching SNL right now? This is a joke, right? Like, it was hilarious to me. It doesn't seem real. No. Nothing he does seems like what a real person would do. Yeah. Never mind. World leader. Yeah. (laughs) Hello? I'm just glad that call got leaked because... Me too. It just made Tuesday make even more sense. That was Tuesday, right? No, Wednesday. Yeah, It just made Wednesday even more sense than it already did. There was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, about the mail-in ballots. Trump told his people throughout the entire election not to vote by mail because it's rigged, because it's not fair, because right. it's cheating. So why would you expect mail-in votes to turn up for you after you told your people not to? It doesn't make any sense. Which, obviously, the mail-in votes, because they were the ones that were counted last. Exactly. They were the ones that you know, finalize the election. So it's easy to be like, oh, they're all rigged. But just let's just look at why they came yeah. out like that. Even Bernie Sanders, like, days before was like, we're going to see that in Georgia, in North Carolina, in all these, you know, swing states, they're going to look red. And then the mail-in votes are going to come in and they're going to turn blue. And that's what happened. Exactly. Because you literally told them to do that. Yeah, you told your people not to vote by mail. And you tried to remove mailboxes and shut down the USPS to prevent it from happening. Obviously, you knew it was a threat. As if the GOP was so good that we have to turn, like, 
exactly. put that many more people out of work. Exactly. It makes so it makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, just so many things about the whole situation. And honestly, I know this is not technically current events, but just the way that he got elected in the first place makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read or at least watched the HBO miniseries, The Plot Against America, please, please go watch that. It speaks myriads about what is going on in present day America. Such a good show, such a good book. Like, he got elected because he was funded completely by PACs. And then he comes into office and then literally writes legislations for those PACs. And then he takes out stocks within those companies that supported him and then rewrites stock bills to benefit him and those people that got him elected. Exactly. And I know that's old news now, but I mean, if that's what we're getting within. Before he's even the president, why are we expecting that it's going to end out like end up so exactly. okay? He was crooked from the start. Now, don't get me wrong. No politician should be praised ever or yeah. worshipped. But Absolutely. there are some who it's like, guys, really? Come on. Yeah. That's like when people are like, oh, well, the left isn't much better. These are politicians. Exactly. None of them are clean cut. No. That's not, that, that's like in the job description is be a good liar. Exactly. You have to be able to do some shady things in order to secure, to move forward. Yeah. You hope that even with that, they're going to help you. Mm-hmm. But. Or that it's not even like second nature for them. Exactly. But when you've been doing that your whole life, obviously, it's going to carry over he, into your presidency. He cheated throughout his whole life. He cheated mm-hmm. into college. He cheated out of the draft. What did you guys think was going to happen when he became president? Like, yeah. he ran a casino into bankruptcy. That's pretty hard to do. That's very <laughs> hard to do. We could probably go on for days, but I think we should uh, retire this topic. I think so, too. <laughs> Maybe move into a new one. <laughs> Maybe. Um, in some good news, Georgia runoff. Yes. Hey, 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 hey. I'm so excited. Democrats have the house. That's good news. Mr. Big Man Bernie Sanders. I'm so happy that Bernie Sanders is getting some kind of power. Me too. Because that man deserves to be our president. He does. He I does. mean, come on. Oh, I don't think Joe Biden's going to make it through his presidency. I don't think being so honest. either. And <laughs> I don't think, I think Bernie Sanders. We'd be in a better direction, I think. We would still be heading in a better direction. Yeah. Oh. It's so upsetting that he didn't win. Every Gen Z and millennial was like, yeah, Bernie. I know. No. And then every old person was like, no, Biden. Like, for what? Just, yeah, honestly, like, when you read his history, just what made you that passionate about voting for him? Isn't Bernie Sanders older than him? Yeah. And he's, like, less senile? Yes. I get it. People are like, Bernie's too extreme, but... No, he's really not. <laughs> and even if he was super extreme, it wouldn't have mattered because that's not how the presidency works. Exactly. You can't just like make things happen because you want them to. He you would... have to have support from Both. Congress. Yeah. So when you don't have the support from Congress because they're not all Democrats, like he was gonna run the country into socialism. Um. Do you even know what socialism is? 
like people don't to be even saying know what that, so- people don't know what socialism is it doesn't make any like you wouldn't have personal like nothing would be owned by you like every yeah. business would be owned by the government and that's not at all what he was trying to do no exactly so let's let's like relax because that's a pretty hefty word to be throwing it around is. it's like hurtful too it people is that live through like socialist leaders exactly like, you just sound stupid. That's never even been your experience. You grew up in America your entire life. Exactly. <sighs> Jeez, people get like socialism confused with social Democrats. And that's the thing. Yeah. Because no Democrat, I'm telling you, is going to be a socialist leader. We're not a socialist country. Yeah. It's just less capitalism. And even when we say less capitalism, we, there's still going to be plenty of yeah. capitalism. It's just right now, it's like a lot. Exactly. Just a more even balance. Yeah. And that's the thing. People don't know. People here, and I get it because American history and propaganda has made you think communism, evil, evil, evil. So if you hear socialism, you're going to be scared just because that's what you're taught. That's why. That's why it is the way it is. Honestly, let's look at it this way. Black people have been in the United States since the creation of the United States of America. We have had one black president, and I can probably count on just on my hands how many black Congress men or women there are. So you really expect that a system that America has been against since its creation is somehow going to come into power because Bernie Sanders gets elected? Exactly. No, we won't even give people rights. Like, exactly. are you kidding me? It's not just going to happen. Never mind give the government full control of everything. Like, yeah. Hello? Like, no. People, it's just people are scared of what changes things and helps other people out. And that's what doesn't make sense to me because it is also going to help you. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, most of you are not in the top 5%. You're not making enough money where tax exactly. like, is really going to be a huge problem for you. Exactly. So I don't know why you're so against it. Like, I'm sorry, I forgot that you don't want lower costs for your health insurance. Like, that's not good for you. No, I didn't that's realize. horrible for you. No, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you want to have a living wage. I didn't realize that yeah. I was stepping on your rights by giving that to you. Exactly. No, minimum wage is good. Minimum wage is really, really yeah, good. Absolutely. It definitely is enough to almost get you something. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what's going on right now in America. And that pretty much wraps up our first season of the podcast. So we wanted, we're so sorry to end on such a sour note. Um, right. But it, just a reminder that even though so much, we've done so much. And that we hope, like, this podcast is going to do something in the world. Exactly. That there's always, always going to be more to do. Like, always. And that's not to say it's only in the U.S. No. Every, every There is improvement. There's need for improvement literally everywhere. So. Exactly. But if we can do our part here, then maybe let's actually make America the country that it acts like it is. Yeah. I mean, when when my family immigrated here, we chose to come to America because this was the country that was supposed to provide the best life for us. Exactly. And in a lot of ways, we've come so far compared Definitely. to what it is, to what we were living in. But at the same time, 
if I looked at my parents' credentials and their previous positions while they were in Egypt versus to the things that they had to do in America to make money, it's ridiculous. It is. You know? It just shouldn't be that way. And they're, they're just so happy to have escaped everything that they don't look at it the same way. But after having grown up here for so long and after hearing comments have being pushed, like, just in Boston, yep. you know, like... All the little microaggressions, even just the straight up aggression, the the, the hate speech, mm-hmm. all of it is a lot better than what we were living in, but it's also not what we were promised when we were moving here. Exactly. So I think we should at least make America what it, what we advertise it to be. If it is the land of the free, it should be. Everybody should be free. That's how I feel about it, at least. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you'll join us next season. Thank you guys so, so, so much for supporting our first season. We are so thankful for you. Um, We hope that you all have a great day, a great 2021. Um, We wish everyone the best. And don't don't forget forget that that there is always hope for change today. today.